Welcome to the Bad Asian Podcast, the world's most inconsistent podcast presented to you by Listening Party Presents and Canal Street Radio. Please follow them on Instagram at Listening Party Presents and at Canal Street Market. That being said, I am your host, David Nguyen, and joining me, as always, from his sickbed is Imran G. All right, That's right, people. I am a little under the weather, so if you hear me sniffling or if I just go silent for a little while, it's probably because I'm blowing my nose. Or if he goes silent permanently, he's dead. And <laughs> we miss him. R.I.P. Emron. R.I.P. Emron. What kind of cold do you have? I don't know, man. I had like a fever. I haven't been like this sick in a really long time. I, is it whatever. the measles because you refuse to get vaccinated? <laughs> That's exactly what it is. My body's breaking down in hives. And I am just trying to infect as many children as I can because it's their fault. Are you vaccinated? I am vaccinated. Are Me you? Me too. I wonder when that became an issue exactly. Was it before Jenny McCarthy or was she the bitch that did it? I feel like she was the woman who was instrumental. Not even the woman. The person who was instrumental in getting that off the ground. And then I also blame Oprah for giving her a uh, a platform. Oh, hot take. Spicy Emron coming after Oprah's next. Or if it wasn't Oprah, it was Dr. Oz. What, whoever, one of those two was the but person who gave, who gave Dr. Oz his platform? Oprah! Oh, there you and go. let's be real, Dr. Oz is a, he's a, he's a snake, man. He's a snake? Yeah, he's, he's not a... He's not a real doctor? Like, no, I've, I feel like we need to get Dr. Souls back up on here so he can talk about how shitty of a doctor Dr. Oz is. He pushes a lot of stuff that doesn't have a lot of medical backing. Oh, interesting. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I mean, I don't watch Doctor Oz, but I also don't go to a doctor. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people, uh, what was I going to say about vaccinations? Doctor Oz, it's they're not on board. But yeah, oh, you- that's the thing I wanted to bring up regarding vaccinations. People get their dogs vaccinated, right? I I don't know. Well, they do. They should, but no yeah. one seems. There's no anti-dog vaccination movement. As if, that is, and people love their dogs. That is true. Are people yeah. not vaccinating their dogs? Maybe they shouldn't. But you know, that's not surprising to me because people in this country love their animals more than they love their children. Also, can you tell the difference between an autistic dog and a non-autistic <laughs> dog? <laughs> like the dogs who can't learn their new, new tricks. Maybe they're autistic. Yeah, maybe they are. You know, we just assume dogs are dumb, but maybe they're. They're not. Oh, wait, hold on. You assume dogs are dumb because you don't like dogs. Everybody else <laughs> thinks they're brilliant. But are now... they brilliant? Are they brilliant for dogs? Or are they just like if you had a child that had that intellect, is that a smart kid? Or is that just a <laughs> the dumb The intellect kid? of a dog? Yeah. Wait, what kind of dog? An autistic dog or a non-autistic dog? <laughs> a non-autistic dog. Okay. How old of a kid? Uh, Eight. Okay, so I would say that wait, eight? No, that's terrible. Yeah, that's what I'm that's my whole thing where it's just like if you had a child who had the smarts of the smartest dog, they're still dumb. Yes, I agree. I agree. I you can't I'm not gonna dispute that. But <laughs> I feel like there is a range where dogs and people have the same intelligence and then one just takes off and then the other one just kind of peters out. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I would probably say that. I don't know. I don't have children, so I'm just going to throw out a random age, maybe four. The second that your dog learns to read, I will be impressed. But <laughs> I haven't met a dog that reads, 
Um, I would say that kids and dogs are on the same path, and then the kid learns how to speak, and then that's where it overtakes the dog. Because if a dog <laughs> can learn how to speak and understand English, I think it can continue to learn, but it it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. So because that's when the autism kicks in. Because <laughs> we're number the- one. Humans are number one. Because we keep vaccinating the dogs. <laughs> if we would stop vaccinating the dogs, they could learn how to speak English. And then they would be so much brighter than us. Uh, this is all based on Dr. Oz's findings. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Emron's sick. Uh, how long have you been sick? Uh, I got sick on Thursday. Okay. Do you go to the doctor? That's one thing that I, I feel like I don't immigrants have in, don't do. Children I don't have insurance, those. so no. Oh, damn. That's right. I mean, I have Medicaid, but I'm not going to use it. Like, Is that Obamacare? Be... I don't know. Okay. I, I want to say yes, but I'm not. I just know it's Medicare and Medi-Cal. I don't use it. I The only reason I tried to make sure that I had it was because I would get penalized tax-wise if I didn't. I see. Okay. <laughs> well, So maybe yes? Well, if you paid for Medi-something, Medi- why don't you just go to the doctor? Or are you one of those people like me who never go to the doctor? I don't ever go to the. I should have gone to the doctor when I dropped hot oil on my foot, and I still didn't go. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder if that's the child of an immigrant mentality. I feel like it is. Well, like my my mom, she's very distrustful of doctors. Oh, she sees them all as Doctor Oz's. Yeah, but doesn't didn't she ever want you you to be a doctor? Yeah, that's the ironic thing. <laughs> <laughs> I won't trust any doctor unless they're my children. <laughs> Only my children won't lie to me. She's like, "Is this? does this make you happy? I can never see a doctor because you won't become one. <laughs> Is this what you want? A you know mother? I can only trust you. I can only trust you. Why couldn't you be what I needed you to be? Now I'm going to die of cancer. All right. So, Emron, what have you been doing on your sickbed? Have you been just consuming content? Uh, essentially, yeah, I've been just kind of like watching stuff and reading stuff and dreading because I got a job offer that I don't want. Oh, what's yeah. the job? Is it more rocket shit? Uh, it's missile shit. Oh, so just more of the same. Yeah. I okay. mean, the difference between a rocket and a missile is the payload and that's about it. Is this a private company or is it for the government still? It's a government contract through a private company. Oh, I is the there. government the only entity that is allowed to buy and sell rockets you or missiles? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so only the U.S. government. You only have one buyer. It's the U.S. government. Yes. I mean, we're not selling. I mean, technically, I think when I worked at Lockheed, they could. I mean, they sold stuff to Saudi Arabia. They sold stuff to Israel. But they have to have the blessing of our government. Okay. So if me, David Nguyen, private citizen, wanted to buy a rocket with no payload, like not a missile, but I just want a rocket. I couldn't buy one just to have. I don't. I don't think so. No. Like, say, I don't even have the uh, platform to launch it. I just want it to have in my backyard to show off because of my fragile masculinity. For like, yo, look at this <laughs> huge ass rocket, <laughs> this huge ass phallic symbol of my masculinity. I'm. I'm gonna say yes because I know Arnold owns a tank. Oh, okay. Arnold owns a an old U.S. Army tank, but I think it needs to be decommissioned. Oh. And go through some sort of. Something. So there has to be de- decommissioned missiles that yes. I could buy. Okay, yeah. that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, cool, 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 cool. 
all right, so you don't want to go back into the workforce. Why don't you just I, be good at comedy already? <laughs> uh, you sound like my girlfriend uh, who yeah, just constantly tells me, she's like, why don't you just have your Dave Chappelle moment? And I'm like, yeah. it's, not, it's not that easy. It doesn't work that way. I think it does, Emron. You just don't <laughs> want to have it. You're afraid of success. But uh-huh. you are coming up on your one-year anniversary of not having a job, if I'm correct. No, it's been like eight months. Eight months, yeah, okay. It's close enough. It's close enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So let's take inventory. Like, uh, you know how people do quarterly reports? Sure. All right. So this would be your, I guess, is this a three quarter? Three quarters? Yeah, three quarters. three quarters report. All right. Yeah. So what have you done? <laughs> 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 like, you were screaming upset about how you never had time for comedy and creativity and acting and writing and performing. But now that you've taken this long hiatus, uh, what do you have to show for yourself? I have a fellowship that I got. I took a bunch of classes. Um, I submitted to a bunch of things that I haven't heard back from yet. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of like this weird waiting game where it's like everybody's just kind of waiting, or at least I'm waiting for a lot of stuff to roll through. Even if it's a rejection letter, it's still like you have no idea as as to what's going on. I see. So you are still... I'm just treading the, water at this point. You're treading water, and you are subscribing to the old model of the business industry, where you're submitting to a a gatekeeper, more or less, and you're let, waiting for someone to let you in. Absolutely, and that's what I've kind of realized within the last week of me not wanting to do this job. <laughs> are you sure you just didn't realize that right now after I laid it out for you? No, it's been like the last week where I'm like, why am I trying to – it just goes back to the the Andrew Schultz model where I'm just looking at his content and he's like constantly putting out different types of content. And even if it doesn't land, it's still something that people tune into because it's new. Yeah, why don't you just create something? Like there's yeah. so many – like I don't know. Uh, this can go into something I wanted to talk about, but have you seen the TV show Rami on Hulu? Yeah, go for it. I okay. have. I saw you, two episodes. Do you like it? I think it's okay. I think it's uh, excellent. I think it is very much like Atlanta or Louis minus whatever your feelings about Louis, the TV show. Just if you can compartmentalize and look at the TV show Louis in a bubble. Yeah, that's kind of how you described it to me. It was yeah. uh, You called it like a Muslim Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, because Atlanta was uh, a TV show that Donald Glover created where he wanted to show America what it's like to be black in America. And I feel like Rami is very much what it would be like to be Arab in America, an Arab Muslim specifically. Right. So I feel like there were a lot of things that you told me about your, your experience, but it was more visualized. And I thought this was excellent. And I was like, what the fuck? Everyone? It was right <laughs> there for you to have. It was right there for you this to create. Is, this is the problem with living in the Bay Area. And I'm 100% going to blame it on that. Because it's like, uh, Rami did really well. He got his, uh, I think his, his set was on. I think yeah, Colbert. It was set. Colbert. It was either Colbert. I don't think it was either. I know it wasn't Fallon. It might. I mean, it wasn't uh, Kimmel. It might have been Fallon. One of those. He did a late night set. It did really well. Um, and then Gerard was like, "Hey, I want to build a show around you." And then that was it. Yeah. But. Like his story was very much it could have been your story. In fact, there are every time a Muslim 
for it in the person puts out a movie or TV show or some kind of content. I was like, Emron, you idiot. <laughs> it was right there. <laughs> Why are you submitting for fellowships where you could have just created something? You know what? You're right. I have no answer to this. I have no response to this. And you are 100% correct. Okay. I mean, I- well, let me turn this on you. Like, what are you doing in in lieu of this? Like, by watching me miss these opportunities, how are you making sure this doesn't happen to you? Good point. I am doing nothing. So, <laughs> <laughs> so my lumps are coming. <laughs> Yeah, writing is very hard, Emron. It's very, very hard, and yeah, no shit. my, I just don't have that ability because I don't practice it. What do you mean? Like you writing a TV show, writing a script. Yeah, it's not in my skill set because I don't practice it. I can and, do stand up because I practice stand up, and I can write jokes because I I practice writing jokes, but I don't practice writing in a scripted format. Like, uh, you don't practice writing like short films or movies no i don't because that's that's not like a uh interest of mine per se but i need to and that's why ali wong's upcoming movie is gonna have all of your jokes in it i doubt it (laughs) i really doubt it because ali wong while she is uh phenomenal she has a different perspective than mine which is my only saving grace is that i'm the only one who thinks like i do okay yeah. Did Whereas, you see the Did you see the trailer for her movie? Yeah, we'll get into that in, in a second. But let's <laughs> retouch on for yourself. It's like, what is it like to see another person share your story? And how much did Rami resonate with you, <laughs> just from the Muslim stuff? Uh, some of it did. A lot of it did not. Oh, what part did not? Was, and what part did and did not? I because it's like every person's version of religion is different uh-huh. so it's like you get to choose what you believe and what you don't believe in yeah 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 yeah. so his character or like him in particular was um i i know like he had a anti-semitic uncle that he just kind of accepted mm-hmm. as the way he is whereas like i always found that problematic mm-hmm. and so like i would constantly like fight these people or argue against them and he just kind of accepted it the way that it was. I see. I'm not saying that people like that don't exist. I'm just like, you know, it's like it's up to you if you want to accept this behavior or not. You don't have any uh problematic relatives? No, I mean I might, but I don't know them cuz they're in India. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My family's the only ones that made it out, man. The rest of them, they're still there. You know what's funny is like if one of your cousins wrote a TV show, you would be the problematic one. Absolutely. <laughs> like, I absolutely I'd be the I'd be the um the rich kid. You'd be the rich kid who forsaken his culture and roots, like you, you turned your backs on them. I absolutely <laughs> would be that guy from his perspective. I know exactly which cousin would write this, and okay. he would be absolutely correct. <laughs> From his perspective. It's like I sent Emron so many DMs about uh, visiting him. <laughs> and Emron just, it's like, it's, I can see that it says scene, but there's never <laughs> You know what the movie would be called? Left on Red. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, I would say go check out Rami. It's, uh, 10 episodes all on Hulu. It's fantastic. Uh, Rami Youssef. That's do you dude. have any yeah. uh, do you have any 
insights or like any have you gained any perspective about Muslim culture from the well, show? I think what helped me watch uh, the TV show itself is uh, having a sp- having talked to you for so many years and having you go on and on about Muslim culture. <laughs> uh, but what I will say, what I enjoyed was that how vulnerable he made himself on that show. And yeah, the reason he... why I say that it's like Louis or it's like Atlanta is because he puts himself in compromising positions where he makes himself almost unlikable on purpose. But it's helping to share his um, story better. Where you, like, you see the flaws of this person but you somehow end up rooting for him still and mm-hmm. you become invested in him because the world that he built around him feels so real right. in that the the family feels real or the friendship that he has feels real. I just watched a TV sh- not TV show, a movie on Netflix uh, called the, uh, the great one or something like that. I don't know. It was some bullshit rom-com where it was this lead. It was like this Latin woman. Uh, her sure. best friend was a queer black chick, and her other best friend was a white chick, and I just didn't buy their friendship. Or nor did I be like they were based in New York City, and they just walked around smoking weed on the streets. It's like that's not real. Like this is very brazen. <laughs> California, sure. Uh, even if they were smoking weed at a concert, I would buy that. But they were just walking around in broad daylight. It's like, which maybe it happens, but. It only I happens if you have a jewel. Maybe like that. Yeah. I just <laughs> didn't believe that these three people would do that. And it just felt very um, hashtaggy. <laughs> it felt very just trendy, uh, topical. Like, hey, we're super in tune with what's – like. it felt like Twitter in real life or something like that. Right, right. It so, felt like it's this is what they wanted as opposed yeah. to what it's really like. Okay. Yeah, as opposed to like something like Rami, where you did have that anti-Semitic uncle, but he had redeeming qualities. He was kind of a fully realized human being, even right. though you only saw him in bit parts. Same thing with his father. And there was that one episode with his mother that you really get to see a person have their own kind of backstory. Mm-hmm. Like you're more informed about that person. They He, he did this great thing where he gave his sister an episode his mom an episode he spent a day with his uncle so you get to flesh out those characters a lot more and so when they all kind of come together it's like okay this is a very uh fluid interaction with all of them okay and you i really only see that with things like atlanta and louis uh it could just speak or even the carmichael show uh but this could just be something that appeals to me whereas that other movie is like this is clearly not for me and i hated it (laughs) (laughs) but as far as um any insights uh into uh i guess egyptian or muslim culture i was like i i related to a lot of it because it felt very much like um first generation culture right yeah yeah so you do have the parents who have a older way of thinking and you do have that uncle relative who is racist or anti-semitic uh unapologetically too right that that was a fun thing to watch and you have friends who kind of uh toe the line between you know the new ways and the traditions and which ones do you keep and which ones do you value so i like that a lot 
uh, and even uh, Ram himself, like he goes through these existential crises about his Muslim faith. And whereas you decided to abandon your culture and faith, <laughs> he kind of delves more into it. And it's fascinating. It's like, what is it like to be Muslim in America today, but like still double down on it rather than uh, embracing Western culture? Just letting it go. Yeah, letting go. Yeah. And, you know, his interactions with, um, I think in the first episode, he dated a Muslim girl. And he had all these hangups regarding dating a Muslim girl, women. And he judged her a little harsher than he would any other chick. And I found that to be reminiscent of the way you talk about dating Indian women. <laughs> In that you hold them to, like, a different standard. It's not a double standard. No, it's not But a it's just standard. a different it's standard. It's a different standard, yeah, and then you don't— Which I guess is a double standard. Yeah, it's something you have to recognize and then unlearn. Right, but it's too late for you because you already made your decision. Oh, well, yeah, I already made <laughs> yeah. But it was just one of those things where it's like it's—I don't know. It was just— when I was younger, I never really thought about it until somebody pointed it out to me. Was that person me? No. Oh. I know you wish it was you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I hey, Emma, you do you ever notice that you hate brown women? And it's like, oh. It was never what it was like, but sure. <laughs> All right, let's move, into, let's move into this Ali Wong movie. Yeah, there's so much content this week. I'm so excited about this week. Uh, there's Well, Ali Wong's movie comes out on May 31st, so I'm happy to check that out. Now, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the trailer. It's about her, Randall Park, their lifelong best friends. He has feelings yep. for her. Mm -hmm. Nice rom-com. He's about to tell her, but then she tells him, she drops a bomb that she had met somebody. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm on board with freaky this. Freaky <laughs> sex. Yeah. Lots of I like Randall Park. I like Ali Wong. I'm mm -hmm. all on board with this Asian love. You could, you never really get to see that on film too much. Uh, but if it turns out that Ali Wong, the person that she met, was a white dude, I will riot. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you're going to be for the people, then be for the people. And by people, I mean Asian people. Yeah. It's like, I just don't want to see another story where. You afraid that she's going to pull a Mindy Kaling? Is that what's going on? Maybe. I don't even know if it's that. I would, I mean, this is just selfish. And if I have a problem with it, I could just write a story uh, regarding the issue with uh, seeing Asian on screen couples because you don't see that too often. Sure. Uh, I think I saw it once with Crazy Rich Asian. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, maybe that's the, uh, that's the, the trick you know what, what i mean like i think that they want you to the way that the trailer is built that you would believe that it is a non-asian person and it's going to be an asian dude oh no uh it could be any way i think it's just my suspicion and paranoia regarding uh, that in, in in a hollywood model because it would make for a more compelling dramatic story if the dude was white and knowing mm. a little bit about ali wong's past relationships uh, she dated, you know, multiple, right? Uh, people. So it, it could, could go be anyway. It could be Latino. It could be it a could Chris be. Garcia yeah. type. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I meant. Like it can go anyway. But I said that jokingly that if it was a white dude, I would riot. But I only say that because selfishly, I would think it would be a compelling story where it's two Asian dudes competing for Ali Wong's affection. That for Asian dudes it would be good to see us portrayed in that way. 
What if that dude is Keanu Reeves? Oh, interesting. He's in the movie, and he is half Asian. It'd be hard for me to root for Randall Park if it's Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no, you got to go with John Wick. Sorry, Randall. I'm not going to pick Kim Jong-il over John Wick. Get out of your mind. I'm not... <laughs> if it's between Neo and, uh, yeah, Kim Jong-un, who would you pick? As uh, as for Ali Wong, like oh, that's that's an easy call. <laughs> but that's just something that I haven't seen in major media yet, unless you're like looking at Asian produced media. But in right. a Asian American sense, you haven't seen uh, two Asian dudes competing for the affection of a woman, or like the woman having to choose. Like that's her tough decision you know it's like oh do i go with this cool asian guy or this cool asian guy i feel like because i also i mean the only other names that i've seen attached to this movie are keanu reeves and daniel day kim so i'm gonna assume it's daniel day kim oh that would be cool so i would be for that i'm just saying that if it's a white guy (laughs) unless it's keanu reeves because he's (laughs) half (laughs) but then it wouldn't really be a movie it would be a (laughs) no-brainer yeah (laughs) I'm just going to turn the movie off immediately. So I just assume she lives happily ever after. <laughs> Keanu Reeves is such a good dude. Why would yeah. you pick anybody else? Yeah. And I figure uh, the rest of the movie is Randall Park on Tinder giving it his best shot. So that'll be fine. How do you feel about Randall Park playing, playing the same type of dude? Uh, what you mean? He, he gets typecast as, a, as like the same kind of guy. What's the, uh, what is the cast? Uh, let's see. To me, it seems like kind of a uh, a soft dude. Oh, okay. Uh, like... I haven't thought about it, so you tell me, Emron. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. I always feel like Randall Park plays the same kind of guy. It's like somebody mm-hmm. who doesn't have a lot of confidence. Okay. Somebody who's just kind of like stumbling through life, trying to figure out what's going on. What and is like... your evidence? Uh, fresh off the boat, the show. Oh, I mean, he has, he's not stumbling through life in that, is he? He's kind of stumbling through his, um, his business. It's like, is he? he's not, yeah, he kind of is. Like, he keeps trying different methods to get the restaurant off the ground. Like, he it's, had that. How, uh, how many, how, how, how deep are you into that series? Because, like, three, three seasons? Yeah, because the restaurant's doing fine. Okay. And uh, he has a hot that. wife, so. That is true, but he gets yelled yeah. at a lot. So, it's like, don't you get yelled at a lot? No. <laughs> uh, and he was in Ant Man. Okay, he was just kind of like a the bumbling. Uh, what was it? Shield agent. Okay. Um. And then he was Kim Jong Il, <laughs> but he was a bumbling dictator. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. He was in something else, and I'm I'm trying to remember. Uh, maybe Veep? Was he in Veep? I don't know if he was Maybe. I think he is very much a secondary character, if that's what you're implying, and you don't really see him as a lead. Yeah, I, okay. I see him as kind of like, um, yeah, he's not really a lead. It's just like he's never the guy. He's, he's not he, your traditional alpha dude. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Okay. Uh, I think that is tr- uh, I think that's what works for him. Uh, I don't know if you were to dress him up more, it 
I'm pretty sure he could play. Like, uh, I don't know what your idea of if you had something in mind for him. Like, do you want him to be an action star? Do you want him to be like what exactly? He and maybe this is fresh off the boat, but he reminds me of a like a soft dad. Okay. And I just I just wanted I want to see him be in literally anything else as something okay. else. Okay, and then in this movie, he's just like the guy who got friend zone rather than yeah. the dude who'd be like, "Yo, and maybe me, that changes. Maybe that let changes. me hit that. It could. It could be part of his arc. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that could just be his cast, and that's more of an issue for him than it is me. <laughs> it's like this is fine. I'm okay with this. It's like, uh, do you have issues with uh, Indian dudes and the the roles they play? Because who do you got? Uh, you got there's Kumal, you got Aziz, you got who To else me you got? it's it's I don't know his name, but it's the the brown dude from Deadpool. He always plays oh. the same type of guy. Yeah, so do you have issues with Indian dudes being portrayed as beta males? Nah. For lack of a better word. I guess there's enough representation. Oh, his name is Karan Sony. There's enough representation yeah. now where it's like, yeah, there's dudes of all sorts of types. But it just seems to me like I feel like Randall Park actually has acting range and it just I feel like it's doing a disservice to make him play the same type of guy. Okay. I mean, you can go write yourself a Randall Park script <laughs> <laughs> where he is the uh, he is the lead male you always dreamed he would be. <laughs> I'm not going to do it because he already has enough work. <laughs> I got to yeah. give other Asian dudes a shot. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, oh, maybe more of like a John Cho role? Yeah. Yeah. He could do... He could searching. do John Cho. Yeah, he, <laughs> he could, could do searching. searching. He looks like he would lose a kid. I, I could see that for him. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he could accuse his brother of uh, incest. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm excited for uh, whatever that movie is called. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then before the show started, Emron, you said you had marvel fatigue mcu yeah, fatigue man. i am so excited for avengers endgame because it'll mean the end of my marvel invo- involvement okay so let's get a couple of things out of the way <laughs> did you buy tickets opening night i tried and they only had tick seats right in front of the theater so i am gonna watch it the tuesday after it gets released oh fascinating yeah uh, i can only find tickets uh, i can only find bad tickets that day so we're gonna wait till that sunday morning to watch uh end game but i am geeked out like i said there's a lot of good content coming out this week um this is the 23rd of april but you have the nfl draft coming up you have game of thrones sunday night you have mm-hmm. end game coming out this thursday friday it's just so much good stuff you have 90 day fiance if you guys care about that <laughs> <laughs> some of us more than others uh but yeah just so much good content going on coming out this week so excited but end games all right so why are you deciding that this is going to be where you jump off the mcu train here's the thing uh these movies have been coming out for a decade it's been almost 10 years of this stuff yeah but 10 great years and yeah it's been some years have been better than others but it just it seems like there's just so much man and they're all kind of the same I mm-hmm. like there's nothing new really that happens in any of these movies. There's mm-hmm. just 
I think when these movies started, it was kind of cool because it was, it was unorthodox, you know, like all the representations that we had of our comic book heroes when we were younger was always shitty. Mm -hmm. And so to see it done properly on the big screen, it was cool. It was a great event. It's like, oh, great. This is Iron Man. Oh, great. This is Captain America. Oh, cool. I know this person too. I know, oh, Black Panther's here. That's cool. That's dope. But it's like after a while, you're just like, I don't, I don't care. Like, I know there's a new Spider-Man movie coming on the horizon, and I could give two fucks less. Really? Yeah, man. And You're I, still going to watch it? I That's the thing. Like, I don't want to go to the theaters on opening. I just feel like it's become so complacent within uh, culture that it's just like, it's it, it reminds me of sports. Like, you said this to me one time where you were like, you are super into sports because it'll allow you to go up to a person or a guy that you don't know and immediately be able to start a conversation. Yeah, same thing with Game of Thrones. Yeah, and I feel like the same thing is with Marvel. Mm -hmm. And it's like you can just show up and just have a – it's just like I – you know what it is? I think I've realized that like I have too many strong opinions about the this shit. It's dumb. It's like this is dumb. Like the fact that I have an opinion on somebody's suit or the way they present themselves as if they're comic accurate or not. Like that's that's a dumb point. Like I should be more enveloped into something else as opposed to Marvel. Like what? Kind of what it is. Politics. I don't know. Like policies that we have. Like I just feel like I should use this energy towards literally something else. Anything else. Yo, Emron, you are pretentious as fuck. <laughs> Get <laughs> over yourself. <laughs> Get the fuck over yourself. And here's you here's the other thing. They, they all look the same. Sure. There's, there's no yeah. genre yeah. variation. Yeah. They all they don't have a unique visual style. They're all kind of like all of their music is the same. Like it's it's just they have developed a pattern now and now they're just cranking out these movies in this pattern. And a lot of these movies I feel like in lieu of emotional growth, they just will supplant it with jokes. I will agree with some of what you said. There is a lot of commonality within the movies because they do share a universe. Now, I will say that they're beginning to diverge from one another where you have uh, genre genres within superhero movies that do differentiate themselves. Like Thor Ragnarok was a buddy comedy. Sure. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming was a teenage um coming of age story so you're starting to see that a little bit more to keep it from being overly stale uh some of your commentaries about them being all the same uh you can see that certainly in things like you know ant-man and the wasp very generic very sure. cookie cutter a throwaway or captain marvel itself is like hey this is just to serve the bigger plot of the mcu rather than creating a super unique movie sure right just because mm -hmm. maybe it's held back by um, the need to establish the characters a little bit more. All right. That be so, but I do think there are some fresh takes. I think there are some uh, genres within genres that the MCU can still take advantage of if they care to. Now they could fuck it up. Absolutely. Uh, but they're all serving Mickey Mouse. So who's to say? Right. Uh, so I, I can acknowledge your point on that regard, but as far as, you need to spend more of your time. It's better suited to be involved in politics. No one gives a fuck about your political <laughs> opinions, Emron. 
What are you going to do, though? <laughs> like, say you are more well-informed with the going-ons of today's politics. You're not going to be more active. You're not going to donate your... You're that's what we were nothing. trying to essentially do this whole last week. Trying, but regardless, it's like you can go do that right now and still enjoy a Marvel film. Like, the the idea that, you know... No, I just I feel like people are placing too much importance on these movies. Like, no, it's well, just... you you were speaking to yourselves about yourself, and now you're trying to extrapolate to the sure, general public. Fair, fair point. But it's yeah. just like you know, these superhero movies they rival. It's just I don't know, man. It's just kind of played out conversations <laughs> for yourself. Is that, is it's kind of it's just like I I don't know. It's just like you know, sometimes like we'll go, I'll go to like the green room, and it's just like all of a sudden it's just people talking about what they think is going to happen for Endgame and just, mm-hmm. like, how excited they are. And I'm just like, God, is this... I don't I don't want to be part of this conversation anymore. <laughs> Again, <laughs> so pretentious. <laughs> so, oh, my God. There's so, there should be better things we could talk about. There should be better things that we should talk about. I still stand by that statement. No, I'm not trying that. to... Yeah, no. It's just like, look, if we... We can all... It's just like, I don't know, man. It's like last week... There was, I was sitting in the green room. There was like a 30 minute conversation on Wolverine's costume and how it was not correct. Uh huh. And the whole time I was just like, I don't, why, why, why? Uh huh. Again, like the, I don't know, I take a, um, a more nihilistic approach to life where no- nothing matters. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if nothing matters, uh, uh, then who cares? let people have this let people have these conversations the idea that you can place a conversation that is somehow more worthy above any other arbitrary conversation i think again um to reuse the phrase it's just arbitrary i mean are you trying to say all conversations are on the same level that there's no such thing as having one conversation that's more important than another in the grand scheme of things no not at all you don't think it's like uh, when you um, you you never watched the movie Goodwill Hunting. I did. Okay, so there's a scene where he asks this girl out on a date and say, "Yeah, we should go get coffee or something." And he says, "Or oh, we can get caramels." It's like you know, it doesn't matter what you're doing regarding that date itself. It's like you just need an activity for two people to come and connect with one another. Now, there are meaningful conversations that people can have. It's like, hey, you know, I went to Paris. <laughs> and I saw an order dame, but for real. So like when it burned down, it meant something to me, right? <laughs> I said, oh shit, you know what? I also went to Notre Dame and took a five second photo in front of it. And so when it burned down, it that it affected me too. Like that's just as arbitrary and nonsensical as, you know, what color uh Wolverine's costume is. Nah. <laughs> all right well, well when's the last time you had a meaningful conversation and how did that change the world we're having one right now david no fuck that this is, a, <laughs> this is just help people burn an hour on their computer <laughs> i don't know i i think i'm just i don't get any value from these conversations anymore okay i mean that's I, fair and that's just kind of where i'm just like i want to try to add more value uh-huh. And maybe it's, I mean, I can only turn this on myself where it's just like a lot of, I have a lot of that information in my brain and I yeah. feel like I should, mm-hmm. I should try to expand. Now, if you 
desire to expand that's one thing but to feel like yeah. you need to expand that's another conversation because you don't really need to expand and the idea that your brain only has so much uh bandwidth that you can't spare any to decide if wolverine's brown costume is better than his yellow costume is better than his leather costume it's not by uh, the way regardless <laughs> that's not the conversation we're trying yeah. to have I think it's silly to, for you to think that, you know, uh, any conversation that you have is going to be meaningful in any kind of way. Well, you know what, David? You're wrong. Maybe. <laughs> I have been wrong before. <laughs> you don't feel any sort of fatigue towards these Marvel movies? Like you haven't no, seen? Dude, like I've been... just. I've been a Marvel fan since I was a little kid. Yeah, I've so seen, have I. But it's I've just like cartoons, you don't think that like I've you don't movies, want just give me more. Give it to me. I want it. It's just like I've enjoyed uh, football as a little kid. Guess what? Every season, fucking the same. They're throwing a ball, <laughs> trying to cross a line. <laughs> All right. It's like every season. It's like oh my god, that was the most impressive catch I've ever seen. It's only topped by next year, where it's like oh my god, this catch is even better because I, it's in the playoffs. I was looking at the at Marvel's like lineup for like the next couple yeah. years. I was like oh my god, I still gotta keep watching these movies. Like how long? Like when is this gonna end? Is it ever gonna end? It's never gonna end. No, but it's just gonna this is what I mean about going. conversations being arbitrary. It's like you can have any conversation and it's just gonna be as meaningless. It's like you can dress it up a little bit more. It's like, oh yeah, Marvel speaks to how well we can connect the whole entire world that we're all coming together in excitement for this one event that's only happened once ever. And that could be just the same if you're talking about like Brexit. It's like, oh, what could this mean for the world in a global level? It's like, how is it going to affect U.S. relationships with Europe? But you know what? Like things like that has happened before where Britain has done something fucked up and <laughs> fucked up the world. <laughs> So it's all cycling over. So it's like, okay, you can go through this, what you perceive as a life-changing event, but you know what? Life moves on. So, so you what does it matter? You don't feel exhausted at all by their movies. No, give me more. <laughs> now, things get stale and boring, and there may be a time where I look at something uh, like the X-Men movies where uh, I'm not as excited about watching an X-Men movie as I am with an Endgame movie or an Avengers movie. There's that yeah. aspect where it's like, uh, for me, I don't feel like the quality is on par. But to say that I'm fatigued by the MCU is like, no, they've been they've been knocking it out of the park for a decade, or at least a good percentage. Like seventy, I would say seventy percent of the content they put out have been very enjoyable for me, and that's all I need. Okay, okay, okay. But I think you have some pretense and you need to humble yourself a little bit. Because <laughs> I don't know like what you imagine yourself, like what kind of conversation and what kind of people you're having conversations with that you feel would be more valuable to yourself having uh, in a green room. Like you're, me, you're talking to comics, <laughs> digging around. Like what do you want? I don't know, man. I guess I just want something that's a little bit more than surface level at this point. Again, that's so. That's a it's, very. It, it a is pretentious very pretentious. Level. It's super <laughs> pretentious, and I agree with you that it's pretentious. But it's honestly the way I feel. That's all I ask. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, don't have that conversation if you don't want to. If you're fatigued, you're fatigued. But I just want you to know that it comes from a pretentious level. <laughs> <laughs> all right. 
All right, so more substantive <laughs> conversation. What's going on with Tesla? Because <laughs> we just been talking about TVs and movies, <laughs> but what's going on with Tesla? How's this going to change the world? <laughs> I feel like anything that we talk about after this point is just going to be judged terribly. Well, absolutely, as it should be. Yeah. Uh, so basically, he had an, uh, Tesla had an event on Monday. Okay. Uh, basically, just about self-driving events, and it's just self-driving kind of, events. It was basically a self-driving event where they were just kind of talking about like the future of self-driving and stuff like that. Oh, cool, cool, cool. And cool. so, what they want to do is by 2020 have uh, level five autonomy, which means that you don't need to pay attention anymore. Oh, hell at yeah! All. Yeah. yeah. And so they said that their goal by 2020. Um, so there's two steps. One, once it le- reaches level five autonomy. Uh, what they want to do is have this thing called robo taxis. So basically, like you buy the car, you use your car however you want it. But then when you're not using the car, you can also like send it out because it's auto driving as a taxi. Okay. So that way you can make money. Your car can make money even though you're at home. Okay. So on average, they were saying that like they did the math and they said that Uber usually pays about two to three dollars a mile. Mm-hmm. Whereas once Tesla gets all this stuff done, it's going to be about 18 cents a mile. Okay. So on average, people will be able to make about 30 grand a year off of this car. But they don't have to drive. Yeah, they don't have to drive it. Okay. And so the next step after that is that they what they want to do is start producing cars that don't have pedals and don't have uh, steering wheels. Amazing. The yeah. future. Are you on board with that? Yes. Yes, I am. Because fuck driving. <laughs> like it I doesn't want... it doesn't worry you at all like to just get into like essentially just a, a like it's a car but it's not a car that you can't control at all so sort of like when i get into a taxi or a plane or a train yeah yeah <laughs> so i don't understand the question <laughs> <laughs> i already do that <laughs> So you just walk in, you're just like, okay. You act I'm, like you've never been on a train no, before. No, I, I know, I get that. Like but it's like, to me, there's still a person before. that's manning the train, the person who's operating and watching the train. Uh, okay. So there's somebody whose job it is to make sure everything is running well. There's uh-huh. some sort of human control on some level. Okay, and that and just makes fully... you feel more secure. I on the I'm on the other end, where I actually don't. I actually think that if all of these cars are controlled by one computer okay. i would feel much safer than actually having real people on the road because what if it's a russian computer then you know what uh <laughs> what if we all then the can... joke makes sense in <laughs> russia computer control you what if this is an elaborate russian scheme where they get us to get rid of all the cars and then we get the cars and it just drives us off a cliff <laughs> And Elon Musk was a Russian agent the whole time. <laughs> uh, yeah, it depends on if it's an American computer. <laughs> I'm not trusting any foreign computers. It has to be American. It has to be an American computer. But I think that does matter, though. Like, who controls the computer and why? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a scary thought, but also I think the the good slightly outweighs the tremendous bad 
Yeah, I am completely 100% on board to not having to drive for the rest of my life. Yeah, driving sucks. Uh, people who say they enjoy driving, you can drive yourself off a cliff. <laughs> it's not that – like the, the people who enjoy driving is a small percentage. I enjoy people. driving when there's not traffic. Sure, but when does that happen? Very – so within the last couple of years, fucking never. Yeah, There's so. too many people here all of a sudden. And it's just like, yeah, driving is a lot of fun when it's an open road and you're just kind of, you know – vibing and just kind of cruising that's a lot of fun yeah. but it's like in bumper to bumper traffic it is a nightmare it's the worst so if you can have it so that all the robots are controlling the cars and everybody's moving at a more uh, efficient pace and and alleviates a lot of the congestion i'm all for that because why uh sit behind a steering wheel actively being aware of the car in front of you the car behind you to the side of you uh trying to drown out your day by listening to podcasts where you can theoretically just jump into a car and if you want jump into a car with other people and not have to worry about you know the hazards of the road yeah i'm up for it it's like it's like it's essentially having a train without tracks yep yeah yeah so we're we are pro driving we are pro this okay are you pro all these people losing their jobs. <laughs> all the Uber drivers and stuff? Uh, all the Uber drivers, 100%. Uh, all the mechanics, because I, uh, you would I, think that robots are going to be a little bit better at um, not crashing as <laughs> mechanics are. I know, Who maintains I, the cars, too? Like, say you own a car, but you're not driving it and operating it, uh, but you have to, like, have it upkept. I think Tesla is going to do that themselves. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So it's like they're a, they're a self-contained unit. They fix their yeah. own cars. You can go use their app to get yeah. tax. And if it's an electric car, there's going to be less parts for things to – like it's not a combustible engine, so it, there's going to be less parts to kind of break down and stuff. That being said, there was a video I think like last week of a car in China, uh -huh. a Tesla, just, just exploded. It was parked. So, it just exploded. <laughs> Dude, just Google combustible engine. <laughs> like uh, when Ford uh, came out with the Model T, how many of those do you think blew up? You know what like a Model they... T never did? Have its engine kick you in the face. That's one thing it's never had. Are you talking about the horse? Yes, I'm talking about the horse. Okay. Like people who are still team horses and suspicious yeah, about absolutely. Yeah. It's like, how are you going to feed this yeah, like carriage. They had those old timey uh, movies where it's all black and white. They show you a Model T blowing up some dude with a handlebar mustache, <laughs> and then they just had the text, "Oh no!" <laughs> and then a horse carriage that's actually a fire engine comes by, and it's just like two dudes pumping a fucking pump, and then yeah. they're just trying to put it up. Oh my god, that would be. Hilarious. Oh, who drives the fire trucks? <laughs> I don't know. They haven't. They haven't specified. I know. Like the first thing that they're going to try to do is get rid of trucks. Okay. Like oh, semis. Semis. There, are... there would be less um, high speed chases. Because oh, how do you right. how do you jump into a car? <laughs> and be like, gun it, dude. The <laughs> Fast and the Furious movies are going to be shit yeah. once all of these cars are autonomous. <laughs> <laughs> you have all four cars line up. It's like you drive less than ten, <laughs> drive a quarter mile in less than ten seconds. Chop chop. 
It's just going to be computer hackers, yeah. the, the Fast and Furious movie. That's probably going to be one of the difficulties, too, is people who love cars <laughs> giving up their cars. Yeah. But lucky for us, there's no Second Amendment protecting car rights, huh? huh? Yeah. Yeah, so you're going to have to give them up unless you turn your car into a gun. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a Transformer I don't ever want to see. <laughs> It's like, this is not my automobile. This is a gun that just happens to take me from point A to point B. It's my Toyota Corolla gun. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so it looks like what Andrew Yang, presidential candidate Andrew Yang, who I support, yeah. uh, what he's warning about uh, regarding automation, self-driving cars is coming to light a lot sooner than maybe people even envisioned. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's a, uh, there's a McDonald's around me mm -hmm. and they, is it was going through like this huge construction for like the last couple of years mm -hmm. or like the last six months or so. And then I walked in just cause it, they were done and the mm -hmm. whole thing is automated. The whole thing is automated. Like even the people in the back, even the people, well, the people in the back are the only people that you see. Yeah, everything there. It's just touchscreen like, kiosks. The drive-through is kiosks. You don't really talk to a person anymore. But do you really need to for McDonald's? No, you. I. I don't think you need to. It was just yeah. kind of interesting because I walked in and I was just like, "Oh, this is brand new, completely different." And I don't eat there all the time, but I was just like touching the screen and I could pay with. Every, I was like, "There's nobody in here anymore." Yeah, I mean, essentially, they're turning fast food into glorified vending machines, right? Yeah. That's essentially that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, just you just get like quote unquote freshly made food. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is basically a vending machine. That's a really good analogy. So I think I'm okay with that. Oh, uh, I mean, uh, so to people's worry regarding uh, automation and losing jobs to uh, online retailers, uh, I had. And experience today where, you know, I, I, I completely understand why people don't shop at brick and mortar stores anymore. <laughs> because sometimes those experiences are so frustrating. Yeah. Because customer service, like, that's the only thing keeping people employed. For the most part. Because otherwise, you can just buy a bunch of shit on Amazon and it's just easier. Like, you hate yourself for giving this super big corporation more money. Because yeah. they're gonna do something evil with it, we, like, like when Amazon decides to just uh, murder a bunch of people, we're gonna be like, no one's gonna be surprised. Like, oh yeah, of course, but I'm still not gonna give up Prime, you know? <laughs> yeah. So Amazon's already doing some shady shit, and there's nothing we're gonna do about it because we just enjoy that that uh, interaction a lot more than dealing with incompetent people. Right. So. Um, my girlfriend, she needs a new phone. So we went into the phone store to get her her new phone. Mm -hmm. And I could have easily just bought it online and waited a couple of days for shipping, right? Yeah. But we had a box store just down the street. And because I work in retail, I wanted to, part of me wanted to like help whoever's working there get money. Sure. And I was also hoping that we can get it faster because it's a box store. Maybe they right. just have it in inventory. Mm -hmm. So I go in. And uh, what I thought was just going to be like a 10-minute <laughs> transaction turned out to be like 30, 40 minutes nice. just because like their whole system wasn't 
ready for people to go in and buy things. <laughs> so we called in ahead of time. It's like, hey, do you have a phone in that we can pick up? He's like, oh, no, I don't. But I can go pick it up for you. Uh, and it's like, um, yeah, okay, that sounds cool. And it didn't sound like we would have it today. It would sound. It sounds like we would still come in, buy the phone, and we could pick it up the day after or the day after that, right? Sure, okay. So that was my mindset going in and then i go in uh we ask he's like yeah just this is the phone we want order it and then he goes and has to call other stores he's like hey do you have this phone do you have this phone and i was like why don't you just go online and buy the phone <laughs> <Just have> it <laughs> like there has to be a way where in your inventory like there has to be like a electronic uh, a, a warehouse that just has the phone like a like a central hub, right? That essentially sends the phone to the store, but they couldn't figure it out. And we just waited there for 10 minutes and he didn't know how to ring it up either. That was another frustrating thing wow. where there's like poor communications from the higher up to the, uh, to the actual person. And I couldn't necessarily fault him because if you don't have the infrastructure to provide a service, then right. it's not necessarily you having bad service. Right. I will say this guy, he was Indian. Okay. Uh, or South Asian. He had like an accent. Sure. He brown dude. Uh, I would say it was it wasn't bad customer service, but it was weird customer service. Okay. <laughs> because in the process of me trying to buy this new iPhone, he offers me a weird job. What? So, yeah. So I was like, uh, Oh, did like, he try to sell you on a multi level marketing thing? Is that maybe. So he asked me where I'm from, and I was like, oh, from California. I said, what is your ethnicity? He's like, oh, I'm Vietnamese. He's like, okay, well, I have this side job that you know has guaranteed money. You can do really well for yourself, and we have locations <laughs> in Vietnam. That is Amway in a <laughs> nutshell. So uh, so you being Vietnamese, you know, you could make a lot of money, and it's 100% oh, legit. There's a 1099 and everything. So if you're interested, I can give you more information. I was like, no, I'm good. He said, huh? I said, are you sure? Because, you know, it's like you can make a lot of side money. It's guaranteed. Uh, it's a very nice income. It's like, no, I'm good. Like, I, yeah. I was going to come up with some bogus story about how, oh, I don't have time for anything. But I just went with a straight, nah. <laughs> like, let's just shut this down. <laughs> let's not give him any leeway i was just like saying no uh and then he proceeds to just uh start having personal conversations on his telephone what? like he's just on his iphone speaking some foreign language that i didn't understand <laughs> while trying to get off that phone it's like oh sorry uh hold on i gotta take this phone call like talking to the home office about getting me my phone <laughs> so it's like I, le I left that experience like, okay, let's just give Amazon all of our money <laughs> if I could stay 40 minutes of this nonsense. That is so weird. Did you complain? I feel like you should complain. Uh, again, I did not complain because it's not in my nature. Uh, I don't like to hurt people. Yeah, okay, but also that's not good behavior. And it's not good not behavior. not calling it out, you're not – you're not, it's not necessarily you're rewarding it, but you're not canceling out that behavior. I'm not canceling out, but this is how I cancel out. I'll never go back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how I'll cancel out. I'll cancel out by uh, uh, by never returning to their business, and then their business collapses because they can't Damn retain that's... customers. Uh, but because I work in retail, customer service is like the only thing setting uh, me apart from online retailers. Okay. So that is a premium. And 
it also goes into this back and forth because my girlfriend and I were having a conversation because I said that was weird customer service, not necessarily bad customer service. Yeah. It was just weird because I give a little leeway, uh, especially out here. And I have this experience when I go to like uh, non-American shops. Sure. Where uh, people who are foreign to America, they just have a different way of doing things. They don't okay. have that kind of lack of a better word etiquette. Okay. So for him, like for I, and again, I'm doing him all the favors by giving him this leeway. Yeah, <laughs> like for wherever he he's from, like maybe just having side conversations on your phone is natural while there's you're not interacting with the customer. So it's just American customer service is it could just be different from other parts of the world, and he didn't get that. Yeah, I mean, I still stand by my fact. Or my point where I think you should complain to can that kind of behavior. Because if it is a big box store and he's doing that often, I don't mm -hmm. think that the company would want that to be a representation of how they do business. Here's my rebuttal. I feel like white women ruin complaining to managers. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll mean more coming from you then. No, it'll mean less. Well, then find a white comedian lady and have her complain for you. I feel like white women are afraid to complain a little bit. Now. The woke ones, anyway. Yeah, no, just... I'm just kidding. They they love complaining. <laughs> like, don't you get your girlfriend to complain on your behalf? Absolutely, I do. Because yeah. yeah, they but... listen way more to her than they do to me. This is yeah. A but fact. would you but would you complain if you had a bad experience? Absolutely. If he Even... tried to get me, if he tried to get me to be part of a multi-level marketing scheme while I was uh -huh. doing literally anything else. Uh -huh. I was coming to him for help. I have, I have, and I will complain. What I if he's another on. brown dude? I don't give a shit. Really? That's yeah. Cold and I don't give, like like to me. To me, like if you approach me, if I come to you for help for anything, and mm -hmm. you tell me about your MLM, go fuck yourself. I am not on board with Amway or Herbalife or whatever the fuck it is that you're trying to sell me through that stupid pyramid scheme shit. It's like, to me, that's, that's the most offensive thing is like you trying to sell me on this MLM that I know is bullshit. I think two things. One, um, I are, I'm less prone to complain about people of color, especially foreigners about what I consider odd customer service because they don't know better. Now, if this dude, uh, was an American Indian guy, <laughs> Uh, like if he had your accent and yeah. he was trying to sell me on some Amway shit, then I'm more prone to like get upset and leave because you would know better or you should know better and you just didn't give a fuck. Whereas yeah, but guy, how's he going to know better if you don't tell him that he sh this is wrong behavior? It's not. I'm not the manager. I'm not the one. <laughs> Maybe when the white lady, <laughs> when he comes He's in, not going to approach the white lady. He approached you because you're Vietnamese, and he assumed that you were sending a lot of money back home. Well, listen. This guy's going to fuck up, okay? <laughs> <laughs> the nature of things. <laughs> Through no fault of his own, he's going to fuck up because he's operating uh, in a different way within an American system, and that's just going to cause friction. I'm not going to be the one because I don't like uh, bringing people down. It's like you do that, on that your own, or somebody bullshit, else. That is bullshit. No, and it's, I know it for no, a fact. No, fuck that. It's like, like you've had, I don't know, you're, you could be different because you don't care about human beings, but <laughs> it's like an Uber driver who does some crazy shit. I'll still give him five stars because I don't give a fuck. Okay. Do you understand that? Uh, I understand you trying to help a person out. 
Yeah, it's like life but I'm, is hard. I'm, life I'm, is hard. I, yeah, I get that, and I am willing to give somebody five stars if they fuck up a little bit. But it also depends on what their fuck up is. No, like, I, just because you did <laughs> your job doesn't mean that you. Like, if you did something weird, I think you should be. It should be brought up and be told to you that it's weird. And if you continue doing it, then you're a piece of shit. I don't know. It could also be that uh, I come from customer service, and so I'm very lenient with these things where I don't want to cause any trouble for anybody <laughs> uh, unless they're like an American because they they should know better. But you, it, I have a high tolerance for just service in general. It's like it has to be pretty egregious for me to file a complaint. Now, when I go to pick up my phone, because I think some shady shit might happen where because when I he, just to get us out of the store, he just mocked up a receipt for us. <laughs> so in when you invoice a receipt, like the product should be like iPhone 6S, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. Because he didn't know how to ring things up and because we didn't want to stay there any longer, he just had a the, the invoice receipt said miscellaneous order and then the price amount. Wow, you could get fucked big time on that. I could, but I could also just return and uh, get my money back and then just go somewhere else and get a phone. So I'm not too worried about it. It'll be inconvenient, but I'm not too worried about it. And I pay with my credit card, so I have protection on it too. Sure. So that's one advantage of using a credit card over debit or cash. Uh, so, But I fully expect that when I go pick up the phone, it could be something that I didn't ask for. <laughs> and then but are you going to are you going to talk to the manager then at that point yes because i didn't get what i ordered okay good so like here if an uber driver i had an experience where uh i was in an uber and some guy cut off my uber driver and so he chased the guy down and threw a water bottle <laughs> at the dude all right and he started like getting in a verbal altercation it's like what the fuck dude what the fuck uh and I just sat there with my headphones. It's like, it's New York City. <laughs> <laughs> and still gave a dude five stars. You know why? Because I got where I needed to go. In the same yeah. amount of time? Yeah, in the same yeah. amount of time. Yeah, then it's now, fine. Yeah, it's fine. That's what I'm saying. Because I got where I wanted to go. Now, if he was the most engaging uh, Uber driver with all the amenities, uh, I a phone charger, mince water, but he took me to the wrong spot. Then I'd be like, you know, fuck this. It's like, you didn't get me where I wanted to go. Yeah. I, to me, I would have a problem with the Uber driver if he chased that dude down, threw a water bottle at him, and I was like 10 minutes late. Then I yeah. have a huge problem. Then that's an issue. Or, you know, sometimes you go to ethnic restaurants and the customer service is fucked up, but the food is amazing. You don't yeah. give a fuck yeah. as long as the food is good. That's kind of more or less how I approach this interaction. That's true. It's but like, if I was at that ethnic restaurant and they tried to give me my food and sell me an MLM, <laughs> I would be fucking furious. No, you would not, depending on how good the food is. No, I don't want to hear about your multi-level <laughs> marketing scheme. It's 100%. I don't want to no. hear about any of that. Because you probably, do you get approached for that shit a lot? Because I do. Uh, no. Oh, it's always Indian people trying to sell me to be part of fucking Amway or that's probably what it is. Herbalife, like a, all their other shit. And it just it fucking infuriates me. You look like you would buy Herbalife. Amway. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, this dude looks like he could sell some shampoo yeah. to other people. But also, Emra, you've never really worked in customer service either. 
I have not. I've only yeah. worked front desk jobs at most. Yeah. And that's that's so the most I've ever done. You're a little bit removed from that experience. So you can only uh, you don't know what it's like, so you you don't have that deep connection, uh, as deep. You know, I understand where you're coming from. Like, and if you feel like this is an odd experience and it's worthy of complaining, absolutely, I, I don't disagree with that. <laughs> I want to make this clear. I don't disagree with your feelings. <laughs> Someone should have complained. I'm not going to because I don't view it. Uh, I view it the same way. I just I'm not going to do it. It's just like the way Emron sees uh, the entertainment industry and how he should produce his own content, but he's not going to do it. <laughs> it's just different. And once again, we've come full circle. <laughs> also, don't snitch. What the fuck? Stop snitching. <coughs> no, fuck that. If I come to you for a specific thing, you try to sell me some other shit, fuck you. Yeah. Well, we learned a lot today. What did we learn? Uh, let's just recap this. Let's see. David uh, will Wait, not what complain. Did we start with? Uh, I think we started off with Ali. No, Rami. Okay, we started off with Rami. Uh, and then Ali Wong's movie. Okay, so uh, we learned that Emron uh, is not going to take any accountability to make his life better. He's going to wait till someone hands him something. Rami. Uh, and then yeah, Ali that was Wong. Ali yeah. Wong. Uh, I am... Uh, I would be indignant if <laughs> it turns yeah, out Ali Wong has a... Yeah, you'd be very mad that uh, uh, if it's a white dude, unless it's uh, Keanu Reeves. Yeah, unless it's Keanu Reeves, and then it just makes perfect sense. I have Marvel fatigue. Emron has Marvel fatigue. He has pretentious Marvel fatigue. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine that he has it, but also that's where it's coming from. It's also a pretense. bit pretentious. I'll give you yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Tesla, we're both on board for not ever driving again. Yeah, Um and McDonald's are now glorified vending machines, which yeah. we're cool with. Yeah. Uh, and what else did we just learn? Oh, uh, I have a high tolerance for abuse. Yeah. <laughs> Where Emron has a low tolerance for abuse. We've learned a lot. We learned well, a lot. So where can people find you at, David? Uh, so if this comes out before the 28th, we have a bad Asian show in New York City under St. Mark's Theater. Uh, this... Sunday, the 28th. I know it's during Game of Thrones, but come on, support Asian comedy, and then you can watch Game of Thrones afterwards. Um, you can also find more information at www.thebadasianshow.com mm -hmm. or on Instagram at thebadasianshow. Oh, and then myself is at David Nguyen, N-G-U-I-E-N. And then yeah, yeah. People, where can people find Emron? You can, find me at pretentiousness. Imran, you can find me at Imran the G. Our next Bad Asian show on the West Coast is May 8th, a.k.a. Mother's Day. So if you guys want uh, tickets, you can type in the word mom and get 50% off on our tickets. Yeah, and whatever you do, do not come up to Imran and talk to him about Marvel. He doesn't want to hear it, all right? He's I, over that shit. I would, you know what? I will say this. I, if you have strong Marvel opinions, I would rather listen to that than your MLM marketing scheme. I don't <laughs> want to hear that shit. I am not on board. I don't like selling people anything. Get the fuck away from me. If your shampoo was good enough, it'd be in a fucking store. Get away from me. Or an online retailer. Yeah. Seriously. Get the fuck out of here. Emron hates small businesses. <laughs> I hate people who think they are businesses. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Peace.